Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, PFF's IDP specialist and data analyst. This episode, we're back to prognosticating about our favorite IDPs as we try and look into the future to figure out which players are on the rise and ready to fulfill their prophecy as some of the best IDP options in the multiverse beginning this September. It's breakout season, so let's get it. I'm excited for this one. I I know this is an exciting topic for many, one that requires good research and strong reasoning if we're going to trust in some of these kind of unproven commodities. And luckily, I have just the man to help me figure it all out, making his triumphant return after last season from IDPguys.org. It's my guy, Zach Magley, better known as ZMag. Zach, how you doing, my man? Good, John. How about you? I am doing great. I'm I'm excited, man. Uh, this is uh this is a fun one. I think it gets a lot of people um talking and, and excited for for the season. So I'm glad that we get to talk breakouts again. Oh yeah, this this is one of those topics that get people just you know it gets people amped up, and it's it's because it's this time of the season is when people are starting to dive back into fantasy football, and this is you know one of those things they want to know is who can I put on my team that's going to help me get that championship? Um, who is about to take that leap? Um, who could be a one-year wonder. So, right. Yeah, for sure. Guys that are going to like outperform their expectations, right. For where they're being drafted at least. Right. So we, a lot of the times we're kind of grabbing these guys a round or two ahead of where they probably normally go just because we, we have higher expectations um, of them than some. Right. So yeah, it, it's uh, it, it is, it, it's a fun topic, but um, yeah. How, how's everything going with you? How's IDP guys? How was your 4th of July weekend? Fourth of July weekend was it was it was good. Um, you know, I live I live close to Chicago, um, so that was uh, that was it, it was when things like that that happened in Highland Park hit closer to home. Mm-hmm. It's always it's just one of those things that's it's trouble to process of um, understanding why humans do the things they do. Yeah, um, but that's not fantasy football. But um, no, yeah. Fair. Other than that, Fourth of July weekend was good. I uh, had time with the family. That's you know, I'm I'm more of a family guy than anything. I think uh, it's it's not necessarily about going out and having a good time with all my friends. I love my friends, um, but when I have free time, I try to you know, it's it's mostly with my daughters, um, mm-hmm. close friends, and then definitely family. Um, so had the cookouts, um, spent some money on some fireworks, and then my dad spent some more of his money on fireworks. So that was a good time seeing all the things go boom, all the pretty lights. Yeah, of course. You you uh, you take part in any uh, glizzy goblin competitions over there, like they have uh, with Joey Chestnut. <laughs> um, I I mean, if you if you want to ask my interview my family, they'll tell you that I out eat my family all the time. <laughs> um, I think yesterday I, I, I'm a hundred hundred fifty pounds. I don't know. You can't really see it by looking at me through the camera. One hundred fifty pounds. I had. Three hamburgers, three hot dogs, potato salad, watermelon, jeez, um, taco salad. 
wow. <laughs> you know, just a, just a bunch of everything. And, and I mean, and, and, and I was, I, and I think I had two brownies um, about <laughs> it, an hour or so after my stomach settled. I was, I was like, all right, dessert time. You know? Very nice. <laughs> so you, yeah, you're well on your way there to the, the food eating competitions. How many, so how about this? How, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes if you had to do it? Okay. Um, good question. <laughs> How many are you talking like if, if I'm just like casually eating in 10 minutes or if I'm just if I have a like a Joey Chestnut yeah, plate of hot dog. You're going could, full. You're going full Joey Chestnut. He he had what, 63? Yes. Uh, this weekend. Give, give Obviously me 20, gonna, 25, 20, 25 I, in I, 10 I think minutes. I, I, I probably could do it. I'll probably throw up, but I can probably do it. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. imagine, dude. I'm, <laughs> I can eat a whole pizza to myself. And that's and, and that's uh, eating periodically throughout the day. Um, it's just my job, man. I, I walk back and forth all day in a running machines, burning calories constantly um, wow. and constantly lifting 40, 50 pound molds on a daily basis. So I, I burn so many calories and I have to eat it, just eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that, that would be wild. 20. I can't imagine like the guy did 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I, I like, I, I can't, can't even imagine can't, 20 yeah. to 25 like that. That would kill me most likely. <laughs> I think yeah, like I'm not like I'm definitely not saying it wouldn't be painful, but I oh, think yeah. I, could, I could I could get there and then I would immediately regret it. But I would get sure. there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I won't I won't force you to try it. I won't ask you to you to do it because that is that it it sounds like torture really to to even attempt it. So no, it smells like a good bet, John. It smells like a good bet. <laughs> You've seen uh, Neil Patrick Harris and How I Met Your Mother. Challenge accepted. Challenge yeah. accepted. Right. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So that, that, that's good. I, I'm glad that they get to do the uh, whatever they call that thing. That the I call it the Glizzy Goblin competition now. But I what think is it's it? a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, just yeah. Nate, is it Nathan's Nate, Nate's, hot dog? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. What about yeah, Canada Day, man? Canada Day was on Friday for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't we had Canada Day here? Um, same thing. There were fireworks going on in the neighborhood and stuff. I'm not a, like a big fireworks guy, but. Uh, yeah, we just kind of look at them through the window, basically. But just a chill day, just relaxed with the family and uh, and took it easy. It was nice to have the day off work. And um, yeah, it was, it was good. Good, good. Heck yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, we're we're going to talk uh, all about breakouts this episode. We'll, we'll get into it here in just a bit. And um, yeah, last year we got to do the same thing, right? We had, uh, mm-hmm. we had our list of players. I know some of them were were similar um we i think we had a few of the, like a few doubles this year i don't think we we actually have any of the same or at least for this episode we didn't because i know some of your articles are, are some of the same guys that i have as well so yeah um, i know we we uh mashed on a couple guys so that's why yeah. I, I went through looked at your list and looked in mine and mm-hmm. did a little adjusting yeah that works man that's good um but yeah let's let, let's talk let, let's talk about last year how did it go how were your breakout calls uh from the 2021 season um, like, a uh, just like we were talking, you know, touching on some of our favorites. Um, I'd say one of my favorites, um, from li- for linebacker had to have been, uh, well, I'll give you three because just the kind of guys we talked about, uh, Bobby O'Kerke, mm-hmm. uh, Logan Wilson and Jordan Brooks. Sorry. I was brain farting that last one for a second. Jordan <laughs> Brooks. How could we forget Jordan Brooks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and then defensive back wise, um, Kyle Duggar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was my one of my biggest for safety wise last year. Um, it's one of the um, one of the guys I was proud big my my most proud moments with him. Yeah. Um, I think he's just like such. And right now he's such. I think he's kind of polarizing pros, uh, um, 
polarizing guy to talk about this offseason. A lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with him, Adrian Phillips, and Peppers. Um, and then, you know, defensive line is defensive line is a struggle for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. You know, um, I don't know if I had anybody I was absolutely uh, like proud of for last season for defensive line, but I know most of, like. I you know I I had you know lowest lowest of the lowest I had Kerry Hyder you know okay so um and then I had um you know other guys like uh um, Carl Lawson you know so just I had some bad luck with those uh, defensive line guys right last year, so. right yeah Carl Lawson was a bummer that was that was mm-hmm. one I was excited about but yeah I think it was we had some similar guys there like yeah I had Jordan Brooks Kyle Duggar um I think Xavier McKinney. Who, who did well he had 93 tackles that was more of him just staying healthy basically yeah, well, he um, really turned it on towards the end of the season yeah yeah he um, was solid yeah. um isaiah simmons was that was like one that was a pretty like easy one he just had to kind of double his production which was i think he had 54 tackles as a rookie went up over 100 um but yeah defensive line it is tough right i had john franklin myers so he did get to, he doubled his sack total he added 35 tackles that was a nice one yeah he's rosterable um, now for sure you know oh yeah he's one of those guys people were probably looking to draft on a regular basis so yeah yeah franklin myers is solid alex highsmith i put in there i think he went from two sacks to six sacks and he had a nice like 74 tackles as well which was solid i think we might have um, been a year early on him i like him i like him for 22 so. for sure for sure. And uh, yeah, defensive tackles where I wasn't too happy with my guys like Derek Brown, like he did have a career year, but it wasn't enough. It was like one more sack than normal. And it was like three sacks basically. And then Carolina, bro. Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those two, those two were the ones that hurt for me. And then, but the worst one, I, this was, <laughs> I, I hate this one. I don't know why I did it. This was one where I leaned purely into kind of like the opportunity and kind of threw the data, the data out the window uh, for the most part, which I, I'm not doing again, because I don't usually do that. But Caleb on chase on. Um, oh yeah, that was, absolutely. I think I was with you on that one, dude. Yeah. I think I was there he too. Sucked. Like he was <sighs> so bad. He lost his job yeah. uh, to Dwayne Smoot, man. He, he was really bad. So yeah, I won't be doing that again. I won't fall into that trap. So, uh, but I yeah, think it was the, the draft part, capital it with him. It was, yeah, it was draft capital, and and he kind of like turned it on at the end of his rookie year, and he was kind of showing off, you know, showing up a little bit, and it just didn't transfer over to the next season. He right. just really didn't do anything. So, yeah, that that was the oh, that was the biggest miss for me was Chase on, but everybody else did pretty well, um, pretty well for me. So I was happy, but we'll do even better this year because that's Heck what we yeah. do. We we learn from our mistakes, we improve, we go forward, and uh, we got some big names uh, to hit on this season. So, um, yeah. Quality we'll, we'll... and improvement. Exactly. That's, that's what right. we do. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, kind of the way that I, I – I wanted to kind of try to qualify like my breakouts a little bit, like which players that I wanted to call a breakout. And um, the way that I kind of looked at it is that I wanted that significant increase in production from either the previous year or their, you know, their career best basically. So I set that bar for the most part at 75% increase in, in production. It doesn't work for every position, like the safety position, for example, that's more like looking for guys to hit maybe that 100 tackle mark or come close to it. Um, and then the other thing was that they need to be more than like a one year wonder for, for IDP purposes. Right. That, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, look, 
you know, we, we could try for a hundred percent, most likely won't get a hundred percent of them, but, uh, uh, that, that was kind of what I was hoping to, to, to get with these breakouts and, um, yeah, especially, I, yeah, you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think that's the only part where we, we might differ there. Cause, sure. cause I, I feel like, um, cause just when, when I say the one year wonder breakout type of situation, I, I relate that to redraft. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I think those, you know, the casual redraft players who who hop in, um, you know, are starting to probably starting to hop in now in yeah. August. Um, you know, they're they want to look for those guys, and they're not going to want to. They're they're no they're going to know that they're going to have to have someone new next year. So there's just some of those guys who you know, like Johnny the Greek. He's totally okay with price of the mouse click guys, right? You know, so. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. That that and that's. That there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like right. everybody kind of defines a breakout their own way. I have no problem with that. Call it however you want. Like that, we'll we'll you know, it, I, we'll address it as we get to each player and say which one is which, right? Yeah. Um, Don't at me, John. Don't at me. <laughs> Coming for your mentions, Z. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So we'll 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 figure out which guys are which and and kind of sort them that way. But. Uh, yeah, uh, either way, let's get into it here. We'll start things off with, what do we say, defensive backs we're going to go first? Let's do it. All right, who is your first breakout at the defensive back position? I'm going to start with uh, the um, newest safety, well, a kind of newest safety for the New York Jets, uh, Jordan Whitehead, um, signed there in free agency, I believe. It was a, I want to say, two-year deal. I don't have it pulled up right now. Um, but yeah, um, I really like the position, um, he's going to be in. That's a, it's a, a young and ascending team. Very good defensive coordinator, in my opinion. I like Robert Sala. Um, I think he's, he's in a good position to, you know, be a veteran, but he, he's still, he's still learning. He's still getting better. And we saw that at the end of 21. Um, he was, he was becoming an impact player for Tampa Bay. I'm actually kind of surprised they let him walk and brought in Logan Ryan, an aging veteran. Um, but not that anything's wrong with Logan Ryan. He's been a monster for us for a while now, for a few seasons. But, you know, I, I think uh, just, just oh, I'm sorry, next player for a second there in my head, but Jordan Whitehead is in, just in a really good position for the Jets. Um, he's, I think he's got that starter position, a strong safety position locked down. Um, even though we don't, we, like, we, we know they don't use that as often with a lot of this, uh, the three safety sets and everything we're using, but I think he's the guy we're going to see in the box um, he's the guy who's going to be making plays in the backfield, our impact play guy. And um, I, I, th- I, I think we're safe to say he could easily reach, you know, 90 tackles, and especially playing for the New York Jets. Um, and and you know, that's hard to pass up for um, a defensive back. You, 90 tackles, impact plays, that's an easy DB, DB2 season, um, DB1 upside in, in particular matchups. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Whitehead. I, I like what you said there about him kind of coming down and, and making those those plays, you know, at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield because he's been really good at that. Like for for his career, he's always had like a low average depth of tackle, which is nice. And and he is one of the the you know a, a solid run defending safety. Um, and and I like what you said too about you know this is a guy that he could be in that range that 90 tackle uh, range because you know he's consistently been around 70 tackles. Uh, every year somewhere around there um but going to the jets you know this is a team that 
at least ran more single, like much more single high looks than what the Bucks did last year um, as far as coverage goes. So he he's most likely going to be the guy that rotates down uh, to get those box snaps and kind of keep that uh, tackle efficiency up for him, which it was a, a big jump for him in tackle efficiency. He was always kind of around like seven, seven and a half to eight, nine around there. Had a nice jump to over 10% tackle efficiency this past year. Um, but I think what helps him keep up in that range is that uh is that box role um you know it's not going to be every snap obviously but you know he's going to be at least the guy that can do it so um if he could come down there and you know and make those tackles like he would in tampa bay then there's no reason that yeah he can't be you know in that range like you said safety two safety one and i think that i have my defensive back rankings coming out this week i have him in that range as well top 15 uh, somewhere around there so Awesome, man. Um, all right, so that was Jordan Whitehead, safety for the Jets. Let's go with okay. So, all right, I'll start with this one um, for for me, and that is Brandon Jones, safety for the Miami Dolphins. So, I only realized today that I actually had Brandon Jones as a breakout last year as well. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't, dude. I didn't even realize either. To be honest, uh, yeah. So. so I only just realized, like when I was looking back today at which ones we we had, but. Um, Did we talk about him last year? I think so. I think oh. so. I couldn't find my notes from last year, but I definitely wrote him up. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, and he did. He had a good year. He had 79 tackles, five mm-hmm. sacks. Um, so now I have to kind of bet on him having an even bigger year in 2022. So maybe we'll call him like a double breakout. Uh, I think he's got that that role locked down now. So yeah. I I don't because last the beginning of last year was sort of a competition. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a bouncy thing because Flores Flores kind of does that Belichick thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So um. I think, I, I think, I I believe the Dolphins retained their defensive coordinator, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could expect the same role. Hopefully, better snap value. That's the thing, right? Like, so I I'm kind of aiming for him to get to that triple digit sack total this year, or tackle total. Sorry. <laughs> um. So I I think I have him as safety eleven this season, and basically the re like the reasoning behind it, I'm thinking is that it is that increase in snap volume. Like you said, last year he played just 64% of the the Dolphins defensive snaps. Um, He still somehow managed 79 tackles. So there's, there's room for him to grow, right. As that snap uh, volume increases, as long as he's healthy, obviously, but um, you know, Eric Rowe is still on the team and, and that's who Jones kind of split his time with last year. But uh, you know, you got a new head coach coming in, like you said, Brian Flores is out, and I'd imagine they want to lean towards giving guys who are like the expected future of the team uh, a shot at more playing time so that they can see what they have. And I, I think that means more Brandon Jones on the field and less Eric Rowe, um, assuming Eric Rowe's not even cut before the before the year. We'll see what happens there. But um, but here's what I really love about Jones and, and what kind of separates him from, from most safeties for me. So only two other safeties who played at least 20% of the snaps had a higher rate of snaps in the box and on the defensive line in 2021. So that was Adrian Phillips and Jeremy Chin. Uh, 61.34% of his snaps were played that close to the line of scrimmage, which is a really, really high number. Um, and that's what's given him kind of excellent tackle efficiency in each of the past two seasons. He was up over 15% tackle efficiency in 2020 and then close to 11% last year. So 
Um, yeah, Josh Boyer stays on as the defensive coordinator. I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of similarities in how the team deploys their coverages this season. Uh, it's a pretty clear single high scheme for the most part. Uh, Javon Holland is that prototypical deep guy for them, which gives Jones a bunch of work uh, in the shallower areas of the field. Um, and again, for anyone that doesn't pay attention or, or just ignores data, those box snaps ab- absolutely matter for for defensive back production playing that strong safety position or into the box closer to the line of scrimmage um, yields a tackle efficiency that's between like one and two percentage points higher than those lining up deep so over a season that's a big difference right so I'll be I'll be betting on Jones uh, pretty big this year with a chance to work out even if he doesn't get like those sack numbers again him getting or like getting close to 100 tackles is going to be the goal well, you know, sack numbers are sack numbers. Sorry, sack <laughs> numbers are always hard to rec, uh, replicate. Right. Um, Devin White, prime example. Jamal Adams. Um, but one thing I just want to—I mean, I know I already touched on him a little bit, but one thing I think it's kind of important to to know for this is um, last year Miami was a, like you playing against Miami. It's a defensive game. Um, I think we're going to see Miami being in a few more shootouts this year. And I think that's going to create more opportunities for players on Miami's defense to make plays. So, I mean, I think this is arrows up for a lot of the guys on Miami, and that's definitely including Brandon Jones. Yeah. Nice. I like it. All right. So that was Brandon Jones for the Dolphins. Who is your next guy on the list? My next guy is um, he's one of the he's one of those players that um, his his role does look a little bit questionable um, going into twenty three, but I think he's going to be one of the main guys for. The Kansas City Chiefs this year taking over uh, the Honey Badger role. Uh, Justin Reed um, say, signed uh, signed there th- during free agency. I think basically right after it opened up, he didn't last. Mm-hmm. I think they signed them pretty quick. Um, no, Justin Reed I had really good. I said pretty pretty good rookie year. Um, I don't want to say really good, but pretty pretty decent. I don't know if he you know IDP wise. Um, I don't know how you know defensive back. A lot of rookies grade crap. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, then he was in Houston, and you, you, when you're on the Houston Texans, um, and you got players getting traded away and leaving, and like guys like um, Hopkins and Watt, you know, they're just le- and and you have Bill O'Brien as your head coach, and it was just such a, a hectic uh, franchise. And now he's playing for Kansas City Chief, who probably one of the probably one of the strongest franchises in the NFL right now. Um, you know, as teams and in a front office. Um, I think he's in, you know, he's in a really good position. I think he should have that starter roll down. Um, he probably, they, he, might, he might have a little competition um, in Brian Cook, uh, but I, I, I don't know if it's going to be to the point where um, it's going to be anything to, to worry about fan, uh, for IDP. And um, I mean, it's just, you know, we saw what... Um, you know, I love I love Matteo, but he always I, I he just he's reminds me of Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just they're big play guys. Doesn't ha, don't have that high tackle volume, and I, I kind of think uh, Reed is just one of those guys who um, he's going to give you your tackle volume, and but and it's going to be a nice four for the, your tackle volume, and but you're going to get the big play upside in that Kansas City defense. Um, I think he's going to get coached up. You're going to see his play get cleaned up. Um, I think we're going to see our, our best version of Justin Reed in, in 22. Nice. Yeah. Like 
Yeah, Reed's, Reed's an interesting one for me, right? Everybody's kind of excited about him going to Kansas City, and I get why you laid it all out, right? So um, especially with, like, Tyron Matthew gone, I think, you know, Matthew was pretty inefficient, I guess, an IDP there for a while now, right? Like you said. Um, but with, what I'm curious about with, like, Kansas City, Kansas City's defense in particular is how – uh, Justin Reed will kind of be deployed and I, I think you I think you're right I think it is likely that he plays like a very similar role uh, to Tyron Matthew what, what he did which was um, you know a little bit in the box manning up in the slot things like that as well as kind of uh, deep as well but um, you know the Chiefs they have their three defined kind of safety roles right they have Juan Thornhill being their their deep guy they got uh, Brian Cook, who's probably going to step into that Daniel Sorensen role, which is their their box kind of dime backer uh, player. And then Reed now in that kind of Tyron Matthew-ish uh, role, which, which makes the most sense. So I'd be really interested to see if Matthew, like his inefficiency was a result of his own play, or if it was just as a result of like the Chiefs kind of man-heavy scheme and having him uh, in coverage a lot more and not giving him those kind of easier zone tackle opportunities, right? Um, but again, he's another guy, I think he could be had pretty late in drafts as well. Um, and and that opportunity is there now to to play a ton of snaps and um and we'll find out right we'll find out if he can do more with that role than what than what Tyron Matthew did and um yeah you know he's he's been an average player for his career but there's like you said going to a new team maybe that's kind of the boost that uh that he needs it's a lot different playing for Kansas City than it would be for the Texans I'd imagine oh, yeah. might have a little bit more drive to um uh I I, I guess constantly uh compete have a high sure. motor when you're playing for the chiefs over the texans i mean I, you're, <laughs> you're getting paid millions thousands whatever it is regardless but right. um yeah I, I feel like there's a, i'm just saying as a person as a human i would feel a lot better playing on the chiefs than i would the texans <laughs> sure yeah i mean playing in competitive games every week and, and winning it, it gives you a little bit more mm-hmm. right than than getting pumped every week like right. you're um like you're the Texans or whoever. So, uh, yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, let's go with, okay. So I got another safety here. Um, this one, this one is interesting for me. Like I, I went with Talanoa Hufanga, who's a safety for the 49ers. Um, I think he enters this season with pretty big opportunity to win a starting role for San Francisco, especially with, uh, Jaquiski Tart signing in Philadelphia. Now he's officially uh, gone and not coming back. So, we did get to see a little bit of Hufanga last year. I think it was just under 400 snaps and, you know, he looked okay. wasn't great by any means, but there's a decent amount, I think, to like about Hufanga, even going back to college. Um, he's more of like a, you know, the kind of obvious choice of safeties that would rotate down uh, closer to the line of scrimmage over somebody else who's starting over there, like Jimmy Ward. Um and the 49ers were top 10 in the league in single high coverages last season. So they had that kind of split uh, deep safety and, and strong safety role for, for the most part. Um, and it's what he did mostly at, at USC. And I think he did that role well. So um, they utilized him as a blitzer uh, as well at USC, which I don't know if San Francisco will do that, but at least, you know, he has some experience there, but Again, none of that really matters a ton in the NFL. It'll all be about how the 49ers kind of want to utilize him. And I think just winning the starting job is a big step in the right direction for becoming at the 
at the very least, a startable IDP safety this season. If he can prove himself this year, hitting those kind of breakout marks close to, you know, 60 tackles, a little bit over over that, which is, it's a lower bar, but I'd expect him to see exceed that either way this season. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about him just as somebody that you can grab pretty late again in, in drafts that most people are kind of overlooking um, because he's, he's unproven. He hasn't really done a whole lot in the NFL thus far. He was only one year, but um, it's a good opportunity. And Jaquiski Tart was always super, super boring uh, as an IDP and, and really disappointing. So uh, if Hufaga could come in and be even slightly better than that, I will be very happy. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I just think, I mean, not saying that Tart's name isn't entertaining, but Telenoa Hufunga is so much, so much funner to say. It is, you know, it is. You know, both and, good and, names for sure. <laughs> trying to watch the, um, you know, Hufunga is going to be making plays and listening to the announcers trying to address that when he's making big plays. <laughs> Hufunga with the interception. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, um, I agree. A uh, big fan of Hufunga. Um, I think I have rostered in quite a few places already. Right, getting ready for the breakout season. Um, yeah, uh, he's uh, um, actually uh, kind of working on my uh, my breakout safeties piece um, uh, on and off right now and trying to get that one figured out. And um, this is uh, uh, not me making sure Hufanga is going to be in one of these articles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's def- I, I definitely agree. I just uh, um, I haven't because I'm, I'm at that point where he's like one of those guys. I just got to do a little bit more research on him. Sure. So I don't want to don't want to say too much because I don't want to talk out my ass, but, um, <laughs> he, uh, he's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rostering him. I'm expecting nice. big things. Um, and I think he's in a prime prime position to, uh, be that, that, uh, safety for the 49ers who is going to be, um, good for FF IDP. For sure. Yeah. He's, he's an exciting player, man. He was, he was really fun to watch at, at US, USC when we we were doing the the rookie series last year um, and, and talking about him with John Glosser. Like he still has one of my favorite interceptions uh, where he, he picks off the quarterback with uh, and, and has a, a pretty cool return hurdling the quarterback uh, on the return. Oh, okay. So yeah. So I think I remember seeing that video actually. Yeah. He's, he's a fun player. So much more interesting than, than Jaquiski Tart. Uh, minus the name obviously so um any other defensive backs you got or you want to go to a different position um no i uh i mean i have uh, other guys that they're going to be in my articles um okay. but we could we could go ahead and, and move on to the next one sure sure let's go with you know what let's save the linebackers for last okay um let's go we'll with tease the, them yeah, exactly. Everybody loves linebackers so much. They can wait. Um, Just the tip at first. <laughs> let's go with the, let's go to the defensive line. Um, maybe go with uh, your defensive tackle. Okay. Um, Bilal Nichols. Nice. Um, yes, I've been watching uh, Bilal Nichols in Chicago for a few years now. Um, he was one of those, I think when we drafted him, there were a lot of people were calling him a project player. Um, or project uh, prospect, I should say. But, you know, he developed quickly. Um, you know, he, but that's, you know, he was playing with guys like Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks, and he's, he's learning how to be a better football player from these guys. And um, rookie contract came up, new regime in Chicago. Um, so he's gone and uh, playing in Vegas now. Um, and I think he is um, just in a really, really good position in, in that, on that defensive line in Vegas. Um, He's got Max Crosby on one side, Chandler Jones on the other. Um, questionable linebackers behind him. But um, 
uh, I, I think he's going to be in a, you know, there, you have uh, teams that are going to be um, wanting to run up the middle because they don't want to run to the outside um, against Jones and against Crosby. Not saying they're not going to do it, but it's going to be a lot more rare. So you got your nickels there to eat up, eat up those, eat up the gaps in the middle. And I think he's going to, he's going to have a really nice tackle floor. Um, I think you're going to see some sack upside because he's going to have, he's going to get those lucky sacks um, that uh, Crosby may not get or Ch- uh, Jones may not get, and he's going to be there to get them. Um, so I think he's just one of those guys that um, just is, he's, it's going to be, um, <clears throat> I think he's going to surprise a lot of people mm-hmm. with uh, his scoring this year. Um, if he's got, people might think he might come out of nowhere in a way. And uh, I, I think he's, I, I think he's got good DL three, um, maybe even uh, DL two. Um, you know, I I don't want to um, say I don't want to hype him up too much um, because you know it, it's still uh, he, he still has to prove that he's he can do it. But mm-hmm. he's I think he's fully capable. I've seen what he's done in Chicago for a while, and there's a reason Las Vegas brought him in. So. Sure. Yeah, I mean he's he's an he's an interesting one. I I mean, it, it, well, it's interesting for the Bears too, right? Because they lost now Nichols and and Akeem Hicks uh, in the got Justin season. Jones though. Justin <laughs> Jones, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, he's you know he um, he, he did play a, a pretty decent amount of snaps last year, so he he's he was out there and he uh, I think it was like nearly seven hundred snaps, something like that. Mm-hmm. He played yep, he was um, up there. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, if he can continue to develop, um, you know, and he becomes like a startable defensive tackle in, in, in IDP, that's, that's kind of what you want. Obviously like, you know, there's some concerns, I think just as a pass rusher, um, he didn't have great pass rush grade. It was like 53.9 or something like that, but it decent average win rate and pressure rate for the, for the position. So that, that was, that wasn't bad. Um, yeah. I mean, if he, you know, gets another 700 snaps this year that, you know, there's room obviously for, for improvement just on volume alone. And, uh, and like you said, playing against uh, playing or playing with those uh, edge guys that, that does help kind of create a little bit more opportunity for him mm-hmm. as well. So, um, okay. I, I, that's, that's a good one. Bilal Nichols uh, defensive tackle. Um, so I got, I got two defensive tackles here. Um, I'll start with, uh, Christian Barmore, uh, defensive tackle for the New England Patriots. So I feel like I've I've talked about Barmore quite a bit on podcasts recently, and and not all of them I've actually aired yet. So maybe this one gets out there first. Um, but Bar- Barmore easily one of my favorite targets in in those DT required dynasty leagues, especially uh, this off season. And and this is the part that I kind of keep saying over and over because uh, not only is it important, but it's it's damn impressive all things considered. So um, forty eight total pressures as a rookie rookie which was second most for a rookie defensive tackle since pff started full-time uh charting of the nfl in 2006 um, behind only leonard williams who had 52 in 2015 um but then when you break that down to pressure rate it's 12.6 percent pressure rate which is nearly two percentage points higher than leonard williams as well um and then even more impressive than that is that that he, that's more total pressures and a higher pressure rate than even Aaron Donald as a rookie. So Donald had 46 pressures and a 10.3% pressure rate. So obviously nobody is Aaron Donald. That cannot be overstated. But putting those, putting together those kinds of pass rush numbers as a rookie interior yeah. defender, 
pretty mm-hmm. eye-opening, right? And not something right. you'll you'll find in a typical box score because he did just have the one and a half sacks on the year. And sacks are stupid hard to get for defensive tackles because of, you know, a million different things. But double team rate, um, you know, the, them coming up the middle, the split rate in the quarterback's line of vision, they see them coming, they're able to step out of the way. But, but being, Don't tell Cameron Hayward that. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's true. There, there are definitely the exceptions, right? That are really, really good at it, um, and that—that's kind of what I'm hoping for with Barmore, right? He's so good as a pass rusher, and he's—we saw it at Alabama. Now we already seen it as as a rookie. Um, he's earned Belichick's trust. Belichick relied on him for a ton of snaps as well. Not easy to do as a rookie, exactly, right? So. You know, just increasing your chances to hit on an IDP star at a super scarce position. Um, Barmore is the guy that I like a lot for this year. Uh, yeah, um, no, not that I don't like Nichols, but um, you know, I was going to let you do your let you talk about Barmore because I figured you'd be able to hype him up a little bit better than I would. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Barmore for this year. Um, he's on my list as well nice. uh, for defensive tackles. I think you had Quinn and Williams for last year, and I have Williams for this year. Okay, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, yeah, you know, defensive tackle, like you said, it's one of those positions. It's defensive line in general, so tough to find a breakout candidate who who we can trust. Um, yeah. defensive tackle is just that much harder. Yeah, and I think you know, kind of looking, um, always trying to look because after you a guy like Aaron Donald comes in and plays in the NFL, <laughs> it's like who's the next Aaron Donald? And I don't think there's anybody who's gonna be Aaron Donald. Um, not even close. I think he's probably going to be one, of the, just one of those best guys we we see for like ten, twenty years for a while now, yeah. actually. Um, but I think Barmore is is going to be a household name. He's yeah. going to be one of those guys. the The league is going to know. Um, he's 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 in a a really great place um, to grow as a player. Um, so yeah, it, it's I, I love Barmore. He's in a, he's proved he can already do it. Um, and I think he's just in a, um, he's got to take that second year leap and and you're going to get that, that defensive tackle breakout that you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Right. Like you said, it's, it's hard to hit on the like defensive line breakout thing because we, people look at the sack numbers, right. And sack numbers aren't don't paint the total the the whole picture but that's what matters for, for IDP purposes. Right. So we need them to actually convert, which isn't necessarily a reliable uh, number. So it, you know, I, I do think he can get there because just the one and a half um, last season is, is pretty low. I have him as an expected four sacks just last season. So there's no reason he can't get kind of up over that four number this year. So, um, but yeah, speaking of defensive tackles, I do have one more. Uh, and I went with Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. So this is another guy that I've actually talked about a few times on recent podcasts, but one that I think is still being super slept on in drafts and, and and I definitely get why um he hasn't really done anything to show that he was worth a first round pick in the past three seasons but he turned it down to, he turned it on down the stretch with a really good pass rush grade uh 76.7 uh, an elite win rate, 18.5%, and uh, really great pressure rate at 14.4%. That was down the stretch last year from week 10 and into the playoffs, the divisional round. So if he keeps that up on another you know, 400 pass rush snaps next season, then I have no problem kind of betting the over on six sacks for him, which would which would be a career high. I'll need him to get to, to seven sacks for a true win here, but definitely doable. 
Um, I know a lot of people are just kind of out on him, but he's going pretty late in drafts, even in DT required ones. So well worth a shot. If he can be consistently good, like, like he was last year at the end, um, that that's worth buying low for me in IDP dynasty leagues and, and scooping him up even later in, in redraft as well. Yeah. Um, if people are out on Ed Oliver, I need to get him out of my starting lineup in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not out on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm actually, um, you know, I've, you know, I listen to a, a lot of the IDP podcasts, IDP show, shoot the gap, um, uh, four for four, uh, Gary Davenport and Scott Bogman on the individual defensive podcast. Nice. Um, you know, I listen to everybody and, and that's how I feel like I, I, that's why I try to keep bringing all this information that I can and I make my decisions and that's how I, I, I just, I, I feel like I got to look at everybody's point of view to better, um, get a look at the situation. Sure. And, um, yeah, he's just, uh, I feel like, He's just that that Buffalo, you know, everybody's always worried about that rotation in Buffalo and how they move guys around. And I'm, I'm sitting here wondering if, if, if they've been doing that just because they've had some old ass guys there. Um, you know, you, you want you need to get those guys breathers, but you want them to be on the field because you're paying them to be on the field. So I'm kind of wondering if, you know, they got they got a nice young group of core guys. I, I know we're always we're going to see rotation. That's what defenses do. But I think what I think we might see some of these younger guys hold us higher snap value than we've seen in the past. And that's why I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable picking up guys like Rousseau, guys like Oliver. Um, and especially in that Buffalo defense, cause we know that defense is going to be stellar either way. Right. Um, and, th- and those are two big pieces of that defense that I want to have. Um, Oliver was a, a really good prospect coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he deserves the hate he's been getting. He hasn't lived up to the, um, the, I guess FF uh, the IDP manager the you right. know what managers expect out of them, um, but again this is defensive tackle we're talking about, um, and I, I think he's in that perfect position to get the that, those those numbers you want like the seven sacks and um, I, I think he's got a, a nice tackle tackle for to to be able to give us. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I think that's what it is, right? We we see first round draft capital on some of these guys, and we expect them to be stars, kind of coming out uh, right away in in the league. But it takes time, especially at defensive line, defensive tackle, even more so. Um, it you know th- Oliver, I think specifically, like was kind of viewed as a guy that would take a little bit of time uh, in the NFL because he was coming out of uh, I think it was Group of Five, Houston, something like that. Um, yeah Houston that he was mm-hmm. playing at so you know it's lesser competition and and there was some there was some parts of his game that still needed work and it's taken some time to get there but he he really looked good uh, l- late last year so um, if that continues and, and he continues to improve or, or maintain that um, that pass rush prowess then that I'm uh, I'm going to be getting a lot of at Oliver and should be paying off too so uh, excited about that yeah um yeah, Houston's been producing some pretty interesting defensive line uh, prospects lately. What's up, everybody? Josh here with the IDP Show. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where league members get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, 
Have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about, and the IDP show is making it happen for listeners. We've partnered up with RSO to offer new members 10% off their annual site fee. Just use promo code IDP show after your 14-day trial is complete. So, what are you waiting for? With RSO, you have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Like we said, it's the closest thing you can get to being an NFL general manager. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Just remember to use the promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee. Again, that's promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee for your leagues in 2022. Fantasy just got real with Reality Sports Online. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, all right, let's go to... Let's go with your edge guys here. Who you got uh, as your favorite, or well, one of your favorite uh, edge breakouts? Oh, uh, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Jalen Phillips. We'll just hit on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I was, I hit on a little bit earlier that um, you know I'm expecting uh, bigger bigger things uh, for the Miami defense, um, and Phillips is one of those guys. Uh, Looking really good in camp, um, according to reports. Um, you know, that's just camp news. But um, he looks really good. Um, you know, started to come on pretty strong at the end of his rookie season. Um, really good prospect. He's just one of those guys um, I'm expecting to take the, that second-year leap. Um, can't, they, you know, he's just one, of, just one of those guys that we're just expecting it, so he's on my list. Um, nice. And a uh, big fan of him. You know, he's, he's just uh, a really stellar player. Um, and you know he may you when you're watching him you see it you see the athleticism athleticism you see his motor and you and he's 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 going to be able to get to the quarterback and he's bringing down the ball carrier um and and it's going to be i think the direction miami team is going i think he's just gonna he's gonna further cement his role as a leader for that defense and i'm excited to see where he goes Nice. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Jalen Phillips, especially for for dynasty purposes. And th- this is, I think, where I might differ from from everybody for Jalen Phillips for for this season. In just that, even if he if he sees an improvement as a player, as a pass rusher, I 
don't necessarily think that the production is going to increase for him, right? If that makes sense. So I think he was a bit of a a kind of an overachiever last year as far as box score goes and the sack numbers, the eight and a half sacks, something like that. He hit a Um, couple of big games, I think. Yeah. So so I I had him down as an expected six based on everything that he did last year. Um, And, you know, hitting eight and a half sacks, it's a little bit that two and a half over expected is a bit more in the unstable range um but i think you know he does need to kind of make a a pretty big jump in his like pass rush metrics right so he he was in the lower range in in some of his uh like pass rush grade and and win rate and, and things like that so don't get me wrong i don't think that you know him improving his sacks is out of the realm of possibilities i just think that we might have seen kind of what his range is like his max range for at least these next couple seasons until he can really kind of uh, step into his own as like a true NFL uh, elite edge. And I I think that's where um, why I have him a little bit lower in my, my dynasty or my redraft ranks. That is sorry. Um, Just based on that, you know, there's, I mean, not to say that, uh, there's real competition there, but they did bring in Melvin Ingram, who's, you know, a decent pass rusher as well. Um, Ogba's still there. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle, right? There, there's guys that kind of eat into his snaps a little bit, and he doesn't really play those rundowns just yet, so it kind of kills his tackle floor a little bit. But, um, I, I mean, I still really like him as a player. I just think that, it, like, we tempering expectations basically for him to improve his sack total or things like that. I think eight and a half uh, is a reasonable range for him again this season. Yeah. Um, he definitely, he had a two, two spike games towards the end of the season. Okay. Uh, he had a three sack game against Carolina and then a two sack game against the giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last four games of the season, nada. Right. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to see if he could spread out that 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 sack production maybe a little right. bit more, uh, and maybe have it give you some more consistent weeks. Um, that would make me a little bit more comfortable rostering him. But I definitely see what you're saying. You know, that's one thing we always we always need to keep ourselves in check about is um, remembering these edge guys. Uh, it takes a couple seasons for them to yeah. really get a hang of it. Um, not everybody's Max Crosby. So. <laughs> yeah yeah and that and that's the thing right like the pass rush metrics they really do matter like i i think i i, I think it was last week i put out kind of a, a chart that showed kind of the correlation between like the higher the pass rush metrics the higher the sack rate right so those things there is there's definitely a connection there and um the sack totals is what is what varies wildly from from season to season so just kind of looking at something like that where he did kind of overperform a little bit as a rookie i i would expect him to kind of come back down to earth maybe in the box score but could potentially improve his his pass rush numbers still yeah um all right let's go okay well let's stay in the the second year uh edge guys so one of mine is uh quitty pay uh defensive end for the indianapolis colts you're just trying to make josh happy aren't you <laughs> I hope Josh is happy. I think Josh <laughs> rosters him in uh, uh, about every league. league. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he should be happy. And Josh is in Italy right now, so if he's if he's not happy, I'm going to have to trade places with him. But, uh, <laughs> Come uh, take he, this seat, Josh. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's happy. He's he's doing good. Um, but yeah, Quiddy Pay. Uh, I mean, of all the second year edge rushers, uh, 
and Gregory Rousseau kind of falls into this as well. But I, I think pay is getting overlooked the most just because I think people keep falling into the trap of how many sacks a player had the year prior, right? Um, and again, I cannot overstate this enough, but sacks are, are they're not the number to look at when reviewing a player's season if we want to try and predict their future seasons, right? So pass rush grade, pass rush win rate, pressure rate, pay attention to those things. They definitely uh, matter. And pay pretty much had better pass rush numbers across, excuse me, across the board than his other rookie edge peers last season. So he had a, a, a better pass rush grade, good pass rush win rate, pressure rate than pretty much all the second year edge defenders. I think Owe had a better pressure rate um, than him. I can't remember Russo's off the top of my head, but he was up there. Pay, pay was one of the better ones, but it was his production that wasn't as high um, which is something that we can definitely see uh, even out if he continues to play that way Um, and yeah looking at that production versus expected which I mentioned before he was one of the biggest underachievers at the edge position in 2021 I had him for an expected seven sacks um, and he ended up hitting four so that's a number we should expect to even out especially with those strong pass rush metrics Um, If he had hit those seven sacks, I think I'd imagine that the narrative on him would be very different for IDP heading into this season. Um, But right now, people have kind of overlooked him. And this is a guy that was dominant against the run and the pass in college. And he gets those early down opportunities in the NFL as a result. So um, he has that going for him as well against the rest of this rookie edge class. And it raises his tackle floor um, just a bit. So again, I think maybe the most underrated of the second year edge guys, and I would not be surprised to see him outperform them all in, in 2022. Man, I was just, I'm sitting here. We're talking about all these, these, well, not all these, but you know, these couple of, these few second year uh, edge guys. I'm sitting here thinking of, you know, uh, we're, I'm about to bring up uh, Joe Tryon, Joe Yinka. You're talking about Quiddy Pay, uh, <laughs> Jalen Phillips, and you got yeah. Gregory Rousseau. Gregory Rousseau. Aziz yeah. Ochoalari. Um, you know, when you sit there and look back, you see that last year's edge class, kind of impressive. Um, yeah. And then you think about the edge class coming in for this year, it's another kind of interesting edge class. Um, I, 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 it's kind of just crazy to think about with this, uh, this influx of talent we're getting for IDP. Sorry, yeah. it's getting me hyped up a little bit. Oh yeah, it's exciting. But, <laughs> uh, um, so uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, edge uh, Joy Tryon Shoyinka. Yeah. Um, first uh, first round draft pick for Tampa Bay in, in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, you know th- he was just. I think he kind of threw was flying under the radar up until the draft last year, and he's one of those names that just kind of started um, floating in. That and and Tampa Bay ended up taking him, and you know he's he's an athletic uh, athletic pass rusher. Um, you know you know he got to learn behind uh, he's learning behind Shaq Barrett, who's he's got to be playing opposite of Shaq Barrett now, and you know, he was uh, got to learn from Jason Pierre-Paul, who you know he's moved on. He's in a um, I don't even I don't think he's signed anywhere yet probably going to retire but um yeah I mean, so shoyinka's and just jts i'm just going to call him jts <laughs> jts man he's he's just in he's just in a really good position on a really good team um mm-hmm. and he's got um almost ensured uh snap volume increase right um and and that's one those are those are the type of things you start looking for when you're looking for a breakout candidate and he's he he meets pretty much all the he's checking all those boxes for me um and uh on top of that he's he's got talent and uh he's playing on 
one of the better teams in the NFL. And um, and another thing is um, he's on the Buccaneers who are going to be in a lot of shootouts, so he's going to have a lot of pass rush attempts. Um, not not saying not ensuring he'll be efficient efficient with those, but um, there's there's a good chance for he's he's got some he's got uh, some good upside with uh, big plays. So. Right. Yeah. So th- that that's it's interesting, right? Because I I think a lot of people are are really excited about Tryon uh, Shoyanka this year. Yeah, JTS exactly, and and I, uh, we should start. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's going to catch on. Um, I, I, but I'm with you on like the snap volume uh, being kind of the biggest factor for success for him, right? Because I think he he wasn't great last year as a pass rusher, and which is expected from a rookie. And and not to say that he can't improve, but I think unless he's able to make a big jump, uh, like it's just in skill level. Um, we we may see that ceiling kind of capped quite a bit, especially if he continues to be like as ineffective as he was last season. So he was really, he was actually surprisingly like a below average player across the board last year, 58.8 pass rush grade, 11.59% win rate, 9.7% uh, pressure rate. All those kind of things are red flags to me right now. And he'll need that volume, which he should get, to, to get home more than anything. Right. And, and not to say that he can't improve in year two, I think he can and will. Um, but how much of an improvement will be kind of the biggest thing. And I'd have a hard time seeing him get maybe into that double digit sack range, even, even with the volume. But right. like you said, I mean, you know, it, he's athletic, man. I like his, uh, I, I can, uh, he's got yeah. good range. I, I think he's going to give everybody a good tackle for, it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I, I like his, I like his ability to be able to, be, to get that for us too. So. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, the volume is going to be the biggest thing I think to start. And then, you know, if he can start to improve just based on experience and, and being out there a little bit more, that that's what will kind of help him kind of improve those sack numbers. Otherwise we're hoping to, you know, for him to kind of get lucky and, and convert some, some just attempts into sack. Um, mm-hmm. cleanup style or something like that so um, yeah like it <laughs> i try on he's he's i think going to be a high on a lot of people's lists i'm i'm a little bit more uh wary of him but we'll we'll see what happens i think he can improve i think i'm with you there um all right one more edge guy i am going with uh randy gregory edge for the denver broncos so this is like a late kind of breakout guy i think we're talking about all these nice young players um but 29 years old he's, he's never posted more than six sacks in a season he's also never played more than 457 snaps in a season so um obviously we we kind of are concerned about what gregory's like his missed time with injuries and suspensions and stuff like that uh his whole time with the cowboys but the broncos don't really seem too concerned about it they signed him to a decent sized five-year contract um so i think they're hoping that he can be a significant contributor uh for them maybe he gets a little bit more early down work as well and, and raise that tackle floor he's always kind of been like a pass rush specialist but the broncos are a needy team at the edge position so they may utilize him a little bit more than what he was used to uh in dallas and i think like for me what i really like about gregory is just how good of a pass rusher he is he's had 80 plus pass rush grades in back-to-back seasons now he had the lowest rate of cleanup and pursuit pressures just six percent among all edge defenders uh last season uh which is a really good thing and and if 
it just tells us that he's winning based on his own merits right and and uh those are much more um stable metrics to rely on than you know just the total sack opportunities themselves um because you know that the guy is is winning himself a one-on-one against blockers and those opportunities aren't being created for him basically um but yeah there's there's decent evidence i think that he can cement himself as like a top 20 edge um and hopefully increase those sack numbers six sacks if he can get to nine somewhere around there um maybe nine and a half ten uh i think that's a big uh big win for for anybody drafting randy gregory this season yeah um i think me and you were both uh pretty hyped about that denver landing spot when that happened um or you and i i should say you and i were both excited about that (laughs) Use proper grammar. This is a grammar podcast. (laughs) Yes. yes. But, uh, yeah, man, um, it was really nice to see Gregory bounce back in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he deserved this payday. Um, Was a little surprised he went to Denver um, after, you know, just being – I feel like if you're playing for the Cowboys, you you know you're the center of the attention for the country half the time. So you think that's a maybe it was a money thing, maybe there was something else going on, and he decided to go to Denver. But I love the landing spot in Denver. Um, you know, uh, D, the Denver's defense is still, you know, they're gonna they're a good defense. Uh, linebackers um, could use a little bit of improvement at their mm-hmm. linebacker position, but um, he's he, they have a pretty, uh, I would say, above average defensive line. Um, you know, if, especially if Bradley Chubb can stay healthy, right, um, and. On top of that, it's the AFC West uh, shootout division. Um, going to be uh, you're talking about how great of a pass rusher he is, and he, there's going to be plenty of sack chances in this division. Um, gosh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's going to be. I, I know I say that, and we talk, and and you know, it's not always insured. And uh, sure, Tom Kissling Bay would give me a lot of crap for saying that kind of stuff, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it's you're looking at the situation he is in, and the the division he's playing in, um, and just how competitive that AFC is in general. Um, I, I think you're you're going to look at we're looking at an. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a career from him. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. I think this could be this could be a year. You, you like you said, he's going to cement himself, and and I think that's a total total possible realistic possibility. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there is something to that, right? Like you said, those, that AFC West, uh, um, competition and, you know, the chargers still haven't, uh, solidified that right tackle spot. I think storm Norton is still, uh, yeah. still playing there. So you get storm Norton twice a year that that's going right. to equal a lot of opportunities yeah. as well. So, um, but yeah, that yeah, I, I'm hoping just, for. You can't just move over, uh, who, who the, the left tackle was at Barishaw that who, Left tackle they took uh, last year. Oh, um, yeah. What's his name? Oh my God, I'm blanking now. This is the worst. Uh, I hate when I do this. It's um, not Christian Barishal, is it? No, not Darius. Okay. That that was um, that was the the Vikings. Oh my God, okay. I, I already know somebody's yelling. Oh, I know. I'm. They are. They so are. Chargers. Well, Rashawn uh, Slater. 
Okay. Yep. Slater. Slater, right? Whoops. He was really good. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yep. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, he was good. sometimes the brain stops working, especially when it's non-IDP guys. <laughs> yeah, it's not like when we have to switch to offense. The brain right. just farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It's like a with you know with tackles, you can't have them follow around their best uh their best edge player. You know, right? He's he's in that left tackle spot. So Gregory's like, okay, well I'm gonna stand over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and that's where you're gonna see that stuff like that. So. It's, yeah. it's cool, you know. Um, yeah, Gregory, uh, uh, arrows up. Let's Reed. go. All right, let's go. All right, let's go on to everybody's favorite uh, position here. We'll talk the linebackers. Uh, which linebacker you want to start with? Um, I'll start with um, a guy. You know, he's a guy we know. I'm gonna start with Miles Jack. Um, he's okay. a guy we know about already. Um, he's been, uh, I would say, kind of a letdown for a lot of mm-hmm. uh, IDP managers, um, but now. He's out of Jacksonville. Um, no Urban Myers anymore. Um, gosh, I mean, Jacksonville is just a defunct franchise. I, I, I can't believe they haven't been sold to London. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, he's in Pittsburgh now. Much better, much better coaching situation. I think Mike Tomlin, top, right now he'd probably be my, one of my top three, top four yeah. coaching coaches in the, in the NFL. Um, so you, uh, that's, he's got that going for him. Um, He's on a, I think on a, on a Pittsburgh team that, uh, you know, I think, I think it's a long shot for Pittsburgh to win the division this to, to even not place fourth in division this year. Right. right. Um, I, I, that depends a lot what's going on in Cleveland. Um, I don't think I'm surprised no news came out with July fourth. That's usually mm-hmm. when they try to sneak it out. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, if is. I think Pittsburgh is one of those teams that we're going to see their, you know, their defense is always good, but I think we're going to see their defense on the field a little bit more, open up some more opportunities for um, guys like Miles Jack. Um, I, I think we know that Devin Bush is not the guy for Pittsburgh. They wouldn't be making the moves they're making if they believed it. They wouldn't have brought in Schobert last year, wouldn't have brought Jack in this year. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't be doing the things they're doing if they thought Devin Bush was the future of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I think they, they're, you know, um, I, I I think that's why they're bringing in Miles Jack. I think they're, they they want to find somebody who can who stay there. And he came in to you know on a on a team friendly deal, a two year two year sixteen million dollar deal, much friendlier than Joe Schobert's deal. <laughs> so, um, I, I, interesting how they had two linebackers back to back from Jacksonville. By the way, sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, um, I I think this could be the year that we we see uh, um, a consistent consistent um linebacker production from Pittsburgh. And I think that's going to be miles Jack. Um, yes. and, and we know there can, there, we, we've seen the past that there can be, um, LB one production in this defense. Sure. Um, and, and I think Jack can give it to us. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like how you, uh, I like how you put it in your article that one came more out piece. today. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Uh, Brian Flores linebacker coach for Pittsburgh now. And I right. think that's also huge. So sorry, that's it. No, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, like I was just saying, I liked how you put it in your article that came out today that this will be like his, his final form, right? That, yes. Yes. <laughs> I think yes. it's a great way of kind of framing him as a breakout mm-hmm. um, because yeah, you're right. He, you know, he's hit hundred plus tackles like three times in his career, but it's always felt like he could be so much more. Right. And, and we know that it could be more for linebackers and last year, for example. Um, so I had him at, at an expected 120 tackles. He's never hit 120 tackles uh, in his career. He managed, I think 109. So he was minus 11 uh, on the production versus expected model. 
there's definitely room for improvement and growth for him um, going to a new scheme where guys like Joe Schobert and Devin Bush also underperformed versus expected. Maybe he could be the one to break through. I, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see him in a new defense and with better coaching, like you said. So um, yeah, it, it's, 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 uh, it's one that I think a lot of people have been disappointed with miles Jack, but um, maybe a change of scenery is what was needed for him. Sweet. All right. So let's go with, okay, let's stay in the AFC North. Uh, I have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. Um, So this JOK is probably my favorite breakout option that I just cannot seem to acquire no matter how many effing leagues I'm in. But I I love him nonetheless. Um, Not not only do I expect him to get a snap increase this season, he played, I think, just under 600 snaps as a rookie. Uh, There's no reason he can't be an every down player in 2022, even with uh, like a healthy Anthony Walker and Jacob Phillips there. Those are just guys as far as I'm concerned. You know, you see JOK come in and really hit the ground running as a rookie, at least as well as can be expected from a late second round pick uh he earned a 76.5 overall grade which ranked 10th among all linebackers last season uh that included a 78.7 run defense grade which ranked sixth uh but even his 67.4 coverage grade which is it's actually good for linebackers ranked 18 18th so he did that all as a rookie um, what I like about him for this year and, and kind of going forward, the Browns are one of the more zone heavy teams uh, in the league. They were sixth in the NFL last season uh, in, in zone in zone deployment. So that should continue. And it's definitely a big indicator for uh, strong linebacker tackle efficiency as well. So he has that going for him. Uh, he's also consistently one of the first linebackers to the ball. Uh, you, you see that when you watch him, but it actually shows up in the data as well. Um, on a per snap basis, he had a first contact rate of 11.86% last year, which was top 10 among linebackers, which you love to see. So he puts himself in a position to actually make a tackle on a play. The problem was with the missed tackles last year. He's definitely going to need to clean that up. He had like a 17.4% missed tackle rate. Not ideal, especially since we don't want him leaving fantasy points on the table. And, you know, here's the thing. Because of that, like I mentioned, that 70, 75% increase in production uh, for him to kind of be a breakout success, he'll need at least 133 tackles this this coming season, which I don't really think is outside the realm of possibilities, especially if he's healthy and he could clean up some of those missed tackles. And it's kind of why he's my LB12 heading into the season for redraft. Yeah, I um actually have Jock coming out in my... Uh... My my next article piece for my linebackers because yes. today was part one, part two could be tomorrow, could be next week. I don't know when, okay. <laughs> when they're gonna when they're gonna release it. But yeah, Jock's in there too. He's uh like I agree with everything you said, so we we don't have to sit on him too long. But um yeah, you know he's uh in my article I put that um that one video of him just um I think it was one of the earliest games of the one of the earlier games of the season where he just it slips right by uh one of the blocks um I think it was probably a, had to be one of the running backs trying to slip out to block him he goes right by him and just and lights up might have been fullback actually um but fullback tried to block him he made it past and just blew up the the ball carrier the running back nice. in the backfield um you know when you, and when you and you know I was a Notre Dame fan so I watched him in, for the Irish as well 
um, always been a, a Coromoro fan, and um, yeah, I, I definitely like his position, uh, the role that I think he's going to be playing for the Browns. Um, you know, no, I, I, uh, guy I liked last year for the Browns was Jacob Phillips, because um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought um, I, I thought Jock would take a little bit of time to become the guy they needed him to be. Mm-hmm. And I thought Phillips would be that guy for the meantime. And I think sure. those are the those are the two guys we're going to be watching uh, a little bit in Cleveland this year. Yeah. Um, if if uh, as long as Anthony Walker stays out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. Who else you got uh, at the linebacker position? Uh, next, I'm going to hit on my homer. Um, I'm going to hit uh, Nick Morrow. Nice. Um, you know, the, the best way I can explain this one is, you know, Matt Eberflus is the – I'm just going to call him Coach Floos. Coach Floos is Coach Floos. Is coach Floos. Um, he's the he's the he's the new head coach of the Chicago Bears, but he was the he is the former defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. um, my home state. But I'm closer to Chicago, so I love Chicago. But, um, yeah, he's a. Uh, um, we, we saw what he what he does we've we've seen what he does with his linebackers he he deploys two linebackers on a pretty consistent basis um they they receive you know a good 80 80 80 plus um, wow oh my gosh 80% plus snaps on a, mm-hmm. on a on a gamely on a weekly basis in their games um and i expect to see that same thing rolling up to chicago um it's kind of crazy you have a you know in the past we were looking at Darius Leonard LB1 and um and, and now we're kind of looking at almost that same situation now. Um, we got Roquan, Roquan Smith. A lot of people have him as the LB1 this year. Um, Iberflus, Coach Flus, the new head coach, uh, Chicago. And um, Nick Morrow is, is our LB2. Um, they didn't do much with the, in the draft to address that position. Um, kind of focused on um, just filling in some other spots, the offensive line, the secondary. Um, uh, signed Nick Morrow in free agency. It missed, he missed 21, had an ankle injury. Um, I think it ha- I don't know if it happened the first game of the season or in uh, off season, but um, he's been clear to that. He's good to go. Uh, he's doing drills. Looks good. Um, he was having a really good year in 2020 um, mm-hmm. b- before um, some injuries starting to plague him. Um, so as long as he can stay healthy in Chicago, gosh, um, yeah, uh, LB, L- consistent LB2. Um, yeah. And then, and you're gonna have those those big plays that are gonna pop up that the other guys aren't gonna get, and he's gonna be able to do them. Um, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, interceptions. You know, the plays are gonna. Chicago still is. They're, they're gonna have a good defense. You know, he, Coach Flusch isn't gonna let them suck. Um, he's gonna want his playmakers out there. That's why they got guys like Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker. That's why they drafted Kyler Gordon. That's why they signed Nick Morrow. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of Morrow for this season as well. I think, you know, he's another one of those guys that could be scooped up like super late among linebackers. Right. Um, and, and and you're right. It's the, it's that Bobby Okariki or Okereke, uh, 1000 snaps role from, from last season that he played, um, along with Darius Leonard. So, uh, yeah, he's a good coverage linebacker. He had a 70.4 coverage grade in 2020. Um, if he can somehow manage that 1000 snaps again, which admittedly is a, massive ask for a linebacker especially one coming off an injury there's no reason he shouldn't have great tackle numbers unless he's like alex anzalone levels of inefficient which <laughs> i don't think he is uh he's, he's been much closer to the average uh in, in that regard but um 
Yeah, like an interesting note, you mentioned Bobby O, um, like referring to kind of that, again, that linebacker versus production thing that I've been working on um, last season. People might not realize that Bobby O actually underperformed last season, considering like his role, the snap volume, and and, and in that defense, he did put up a hundred. He, I think he did, uh, or all, actually, I can't remember if he did exactly, but um, but he put up 130 tackle, the 132 tackles, right? So he had a really good year, but it was it, 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 so that we kind of overlooked it, but it could have even been better, right? And, and again, if uh, a huge if, but if Morrow plays that 1000 snaps and just has average efficiency, he could be looking in that range of like 140, 150 tackles in a very linebacker friendly defense, assuming all things stay the same. So um, I, I have a similar concern, like, like for him, and 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 a couple other um linebackers that are in for good opportunities just long term if he can hold that role past this season um but for this season i'm all in especially at where he's being drafted yeah all right i got i got one more linebacker i know you got another one as well so let's i'll go with uh, with my guy here uh zaven collins uh for the arizona cardinals uh, this one really not super interesting. I think people are are on the Zayvon Collins train already. He you know he barely cracked 200 snaps as a rookie, which was as a 16th overall pick. Obviously, uh, Jordan Hicks being there was a pretty massive barrier for him. But with Hicks gone, there's no reason that Collins shouldn't be a near every down linebacker for the Cards this season uh, and going forward as well. So he was actually. He was good. He was good when he was on the field. He earned a very nice 69.3 overall grade, uh, 71.5 run defense, 64.8 in coverage. So while the coverage grade isn't amazing by any means, he at least has shown that ability even in college uh, where he earned the highest coverage grade of any linebacker in 2020 uh, out of Tulsa with a 92.7 coverage grade. And I, I, I know that that was at Tulsa and against less than stellar offenses, but at the very least he shouldn't be like a liability in coverage, especially for a guy, his size, six, four, two sixties, a big dude, uh, but he can move the big tree. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, now obviously like more snaps are, are the biggest key. Right. And, and I really like, Collins opportunity to make the most of his role in Arizona um, 27 tackles as a rookie which was still actually at above average tackle efficiency for his position uh, so he at least didn't underperform expectations based on his snaps um, but again though I think the main thing for me is that even if this isn't like Zavin's best career season coming up, I think he's good enough to get many cracks at becoming like a top tier IDP score for the next few seasons. So um, of all the players that I had set like a 75 percent 75% production increase for, uh, for this to count, Collins has like one of the lowest bars among them since he only needs like 44 tackles or something like that. So we'll, we'll make it double and say at least 88 tackles, which is still a fairly low bar for an every down linebacker, but um, still somehow better than what everybody's favorite LB1 Micah Parsons totaled last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, gosh, you know, actually, I think I was a little bit higher on Collins last year than Parsons. I knew because I knew Parsons was going to be great, but I, I feel felt like I liked mm-hmm. and was more confident about Collins' role. Right. Yeah. Until they Rick rolled us. <laughs> <sighs> Man. Um. Yeah. His uh Collins was in my uh article that came out today. Um. 
big fan. Um, I, I like him better than I like Isaiah Simmons. Um, yeah. In Arizona, I think that's a really good shot for Collins to um, uh, lead Arizona in tackles. And um, Josh, uh, you know, if he can do that, LB one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a nice spot to do it. I think he's he could be a productive player. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I think you know he has more um, potential just as a tackler than mm-hmm. than Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, so yeah. I think they're going to rely on Simmons to. Um, do a little bit more where it's going to uh the, the cons is going to um, outscore him for idp a little bit you know what right I mean? yep see what you mean um all right last linebacker on the list who do you got Ooh, my favorite <laughs> um the, you know this is i'm actually getting getting crap about it on twitter right now oh, really? <laughs> yeah yeah um interesting it's it, it, actually it's a, a um a thoughtful comment but um you said a guy just mentioned that you know that the the new defensive coordinator in Seattle have been um, keen on copying the Rams, uh, you know, adapting to what the Rams are doing. Hmm. Um, you know, Staley and Green Bay, that kind of uh, um, the one safety, I'm sorry, one linebacker set stuff. Um, and he, he was just saying he thinks that makes Brooks is going to be playing an insane amount of snaps, even though he already did. And then Barton is going to be playing more than 50, 60 percent of snaps. You know, hmm. it's one of those things we could think about, uh, but I don't I don't see that happening. Um, for 2022, um, you know, I, I, I talked to Gary Davenport a couple of times. He's been giving me crap about how I've, uh, that Barton's value is going to be so high that it's not even going to be a steal anymore. Um, just because of how much, how much hype he's getting, uh, throughout the off season. Um, we'll, we'll see if that's true. Uh, I, I think he's still, he's still an easily easy steal, but I don't even know if I who I said I was going to talk about Cody Barton. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> Seattle linebacker Cody Barton, um, Bobby Wagner now in L.A. for the Rams. Um, Seattle did nothing to address this position, the inside linebacker position for their team. Um, they did draft um, Mafe, but um, yeah. you know, I, I don't see that being an issue for no, uh, Brooks or um, uh, Barton here. And, you know, Barton should – uh, Brooks is going to step into that Wagner role and Barton's going to step into the Brooks role. Um, and we, we, we know what those, we, we've seen it. Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton. <laughs> and, 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 and that's just what it is. You know, it, n- absolutely no guarantee he's going to give us a Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner season, but there's no reason we can't expect something close. Um, yeah. I think you're looking easily Seattle sucks. Seattle sucks. Thousand snaps uh, easily uh, if if they do the things that they, what they did last year. Um, triple digit tackles. Um, don't know. If, don't, hard to say about big plays, impact plays, stuff like that. But gosh, I, I think you could. Um, I, I would uh, do what, like the fantasy footballers like to do water bets, uh, uh, water bets, stuff like that. Um, for um, I'm just I, I'm willing to put money down on him getting triple digit tackles. That's what, yeah. that's the point I'm trying to get. To get yeah. To. Um. He, I, I think he's good for an LB two season. Um, yeah. Been trying to grab him everywhere. Been hyping him up since March. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, I, I I really like Barton a lot for this season. I I think I have him as LB eighteen heading into the year. Um. And and a lot of that has to do more with like Seattle's defense and how they do deploy their linebackers in a defense that. Um, definitely breeds strong tackle efficiency as well. So uh, 
after this season, you know, I'm not sure how much I trust him to be a starter in the NFL, just because, you know, barring a truly amazing season, not just from a production standpoint, this is also the last year of his rookie contract. And uh, to this point in his career, he's pretty unproven, right? He's never played uh, even 200 defensive snaps in a season. So um, this is a guy that's, you know, he's graded poor to average every year as well, making him a pretty replaceable player. So even if Seattle brings him back like on a smaller deal, then they go ahead and draft a linebacker in the first two days of the draft next season. Uh, we, like ID Peers and, and, and Seattle as well, are probably going to be pretty happy to replace Barton the way that like the MCU is replacing Clint Barton with the younger, more attractive version of Hawkeye, right? So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> then, <Exactly>. you, <laughs> <laughs> then you factor in, right? Like if you sign, if they sign a veteran at some point too, like what happens if they bring in Joe Schobert before the season starts? How confident Dude, are we in, in Barton? Right? It's crazy. It's crazy that you said that because what I've, because I, I, I like Joe Schobert, big right. fan. I, and plus I've got him rostered in so many freaking places. I want him to land somewhere <laughs> decent. And I'm like, where could he land where I know he's going to give me, he's going to give me what I want out of him. And it's like, you know what, Seattle. But then I'm like, no, because Cody Barton. Yeah. Because Cody Barton. I don't, I don't want to lose that. I need my Cody Barton to be good Cody Barton. Exactly. Um, And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm still holding out hope that Schobert goes to like, the, the lions or something like that. That would be, then it only that would kills be lo- Alex yeah. Anzalone. Who's, who gives a shit about that? Exactly. <laughs> Use my language. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Nobody cares about Alex Anzalone. Even his mother is like, please replace him on that defense. So, um, it's got, I'm, I'm all he's got is the hair. That's, the only thing that's, that's it. That Fabio hair. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like Barton a lot for this season. Past this season, I don't really know. I think he could be, you know, one of those guys that just ends up being a flash in the pan. But you know, if he produces LB one, LB two numbers for us this season, then we're we're going to be very happy nonetheless. So, seventy six percent of snaps in week eighteen, he played. Did he? Okay, and so, he had twelve tackles. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good defense for linebackers, yeah. man. That that's that's the main thing, right? They they put two of them out there. It's a zone heavy scheme. It's everything you know that you could ask for for linebacker production. Seattle has that going in their favor. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a high on Barton this season as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 our the entirety of our list here. Anybody else that you you wanted to talk about? Oh, I have a cornerback on here. Yeah, um, I was. I don't mind hitting on a couple of the corners for my article. Yeah. Um, let's hear let, them. Yeah, let me pull it up real quick if you want to hit on yours. Since you, sure, I think you might have yours pulled up. Yeah, so I actually do. Yeah, I put Sidney Jones, uh, cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, on here. Um, so he started down the stretch last season for Seattle, and he played really well. He he was. Uh, he's, he's actually been great at breaking up passes like this past three seasons, which for anybody keeping score at home, like forced incompletion percentage is one of the stickier stats to rely on for cornerbacks. And he posted a 17.86% forced incompletion percentage, which was 13th among cornerbacks that played at least hundred snaps last year. And he had a nine and a half percent tackle efficiency, which is 25th among corners. And that's really about as good of a combo as there was in 2021 at the cornerback position as he was the only cornerback to finish in the top 25 for both of those marks last season. So this is a guy, former second-round pick, and because it's the 
position nobody is talking about him like literally right. nobody uh and i think he has a good shot to finish as a top 10 scorer at the position um as just about any other cornerback assuming health which is really the biggest factor for db scoring is health and availability right but um you got a guy that's good at breaking up passes and a guy that's a good tackler i mean that that just increases your chances for a good finish mm-hmm. so i'm i'm all in on uh sydney jones this year I like that one i love that one um yeah, um, I think that's one thing as um, IDP managers we need to start accounting for is the way the league is moving. The, the cornerbacks are becoming much more relevant mm-hmm. for IDP. Um, Josh made a very good point on his uh, uh, on when he was talking about best ball. Right. Um, I'm in my very first best ball draft with them. I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but the only thing I know what I'm doing right now is uh, I, I drafted Kyle Hamilton for a safe floor at safety or my defensive backs, and I'm going to just hammer out my cornerbacks for defensive backs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like that's – it was he said it, and I was like, dude, this is genius. Like, I, I feel like we should all be doing that because, you know, you're going to get boom weeks out of cornerbacks. As long as you're choosing your right cornerbacks, you're going to get boom weeks, and they're going to be big boom weeks. Um, the, you know, the pa- especially when they're getting targeted, on, targeted and getting snap volume, you're going to have the pass defenses. Mm-hmm. You're going to have big play upside with interceptions. Um, and they're, you're safe for of tackles. And, and, and that's one thing that's, you know, we've relied consistently on safeties for, but um, we're seeing less safeties, less linebackers, more cornerbacks on the field. Yeah. Um, so just a couple quick guys. Um, I know I'm, somebody's going to slap me for saying the name, but J.C. Jackson. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy everyone knows, probably already rostered, probably I, it might be hard to find on waivers and – but th- if he's out there, this is one thing to re- remember is um, Belichick never had him playing more than 80 for, 84% uh, defensive snaps when he was in New England. I'm pretty sure it was 84. I didn't see anything higher than that as I was looking. Um, and, and you're talking about um, him going to the AFC West, going to be the CB1 for the Chargers, I'm assuming. And, um, you know, he's got um, – he's, he's going to be – Ninety percent uh, on the field, he's going to be out there a lot. So I think you're going to see um, an increase in his um, his stats going up. Yeah, Johnny used to <laughs> Johnny the Greek used to get mad about that a lot last year, where he was talking about why mm-hmm. isn't J.C. Jackson yeah. on the field a hundred percent of the time? It was him and Kyle Duggar. He was always yeah. like, why 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 yeah. does he do the things he does? You know. <laughs> Um, and then the other cornerback I want to hit on is just a no. I, he's just a guy I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about, and he's on a team that's probably going to. Um, uh, their defense is going to be out there quite a bit. And that's Jeff Okuda um, coming back for the Detroit Lions. Um, he's um, uh, IDP guys uh, are we in our positional ranks? Not even in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was a first round talent. Um, you know, if, if he can stay healthy, um, clean up his play, I, 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 I think he was, I think he, uh, Dan Campbell's a good guy for him to be under. Um, I think they had a little bit of trouble with him at the beginning of last year. I'm pretty sure um, they like, Gave him a whole bunch of crap, and then he tore his Achilles or something. And it was, yeah. it was just a crazy story. Um, he had, had, was having a rough game and like got chewed out by his coach. Next play went out, tore his Achilles. And it was yeah. like, what the heck? Um, I think that's how uh, – anyway, I could be wrong, but I think that's what happened. But I, he's supposed to be back this year. Um, you know, that Achilles injury, when we hear about those, it's always like, ee, like, oh, man, can we, can we trust this guy again? And um, I think we're starting to see that we can trust these players again. Um, Foreman, I know it took a while, but he looked really good last year for the Titans. Um, Acres, I know a lot of people are iffy about, but we saw 
the most we saw him, he was playing against some stout NFL defenses. So how much are we really going to know what Akers can do um, coming fresh off that injury, playing against some of the best defenses in the NFL? Sure. Um, and that's I, I feel like Akuda's just one of those guys um, that's going to be um, – he's going to give us a, a nice bounce-back season and um, he's going to be worth it for IDP managers to, uh, to target. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. How about how about that? Some nice uh, cornerback talk to uh, yeah. to close out the episode, showing some love to the CBs. Um, but yeah, man, that that's a that's a hell of a list. I think we just went through. What do we have? 17, 18, 20? I don't know. Counting yeah. past ten is not my uh, strong suit. But how much you give up after ten? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so those are a bunch of uh, potential IDP breakout candidates to target in drafts. Every single one of them is going to work out. And if it's not, then it'll be the football God's fault and not ours. So, so blame don't blame me. Don't at me. Don't at John. (laughs) Yeah. It's only the football gods. We we did our work and we did our part. It's it's up to them now. Just let us, you know, for the ones we got right, make sure you give us credit for that. Yeah. And then forget about everything else. Yeah, exactly. You do the uh, (laughs) men in black mind wipe thing for anybody that we got wrong. (laughs) Exactly. I got the gift ready. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I appreciate it, man. Zmax, thank you for for coming on, sharing your list with us. This was this was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, please share with uh, the people where they can find you and your work. Yes. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, uh, like I said, I was really looking forward to this this one a lot more because la- last year we were still kind of new, getting to know each other, and I feel like uh, we're we're learning. We've learned more about each other. We're we know each other's kinks, you know. Right. We're, we're chemistry building baby exactly oh yeah <laughs> I, I know how to get those gears flowing for you a little that's bit, it you know? man Spark bring up flying. the marvel and got john like ooh, hot oh bobbing. yeah yeah that, that gets me going <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah just super happy to be here man um um I, I, honor it's an honor to, to talk to you to honestly uh-huh. man i feel like you're that's one great. of the the biggest rising names and i feel like you're only you, all you're doing is doing me a favor by letting me be here honestly um and um you know, I uh, I've got working uh, about to say balls deep in my breakout articles. Um, <laughs> that's a you know this is my this is my niche during the the off season is I dive d- deep into this, um, look yeah. at the situations. Like I've said, I don't I don't get as much into the data as you do, um, but um, I still get close. You know, mm-hmm. um, look at the situations. I think our system is is, is close, but you you. Have, little bit you know because we always end up on the same guys half the time anyways <laughs> so um but yeah i've worked on my breakout articles i'm over at, uh, at, at idp guys um if, you, if you're feeling up for it come subscribe subscribe we got a nice uh, master tournament going on right now we have our idp guys autism awareness invitational starting up here soon um we try to get that going after the scott fishbowl um kind of calms down and that draft is done um and um we got IDP guys is, you know, we, it was past a month was a little rough. Um, you know, we lost Kyle, we lost Joey, um, right. huge, huge guys. Love, love Kyle, love Joey. Oh, yeah. w- wouldn't be, um, <laughs> my daughter just got up out of bed and staring at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, Kyle and Joey losing them. They're, they're onto a football guys. Um, Kyle, Joey, if you hear it, congratulations. You've got a miss, miss, Mitch, even though I'm still going to talk to you guys and annoy you as much as I can, but um, yeah, we got some, still have some huge things in the work for IDP guys. Um, I, I, we got a, 
we're restarting the IDP lounge. So I'm going to get in your DMs about that here soon. Nice. Um, I think uh, we're going to try to do like a every Friday, depending on it might be Saturday kind of thing. Um, but get a group of guys together. Um, we're going to have a, a main course we're going to talk about and then um, just shoot the crap about football, fantasy football, IDP offense. Um, and um, just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, you know, it's, it's like a, basically what I was getting to, you know, Kyle and Joey are leaving. I'm trying to take, uh, you know, try to take that next step for IDP guys mm-hmm. and be that. And I'm a veteran on that team, so I want to be a guy that um, the subscribers can rely on. And, and, and then that's where I'm going. That's, those are steps I'm taking, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I love to hear it. And, and yeah, I appreciate the kind words as well. But really, you're, you're doing me the favor coming on here and, and sharing your, your knowledge and, and all your information as well. So I, I really do appreciate that. You do great work. And, uh, yeah, everybody go support ZMags uh, at ZMags IDP, right, on Twitter. Yep. yep. Um, and, yeah, at IDP, guys, uh, for the website and yeah, uh, this this was this has been a lot of fun. I have been John Macri uh, at PFF underscore Macri on the Twitter, uh, and all my written work can be found at pff.com. I got defensive back tiers coming uh, this week, so please uh, anybody uh, and thank you to the, everybody who checks those out. Uh, it really does mean a lot to me. Everybody that checks out those articles, so. Um, I just have one quick thing real quick. Yeah, go for it. it. Just real quick, I was just going to say, I want to make sure, Mr. Bobby Reynolds, I want to make sure you heard his name correctly, is Macri. Not oh, Macri. Yes. yes, I appreciate Not that. Macri. It's I Macri. It's that, that, it's that southern troll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always makes me laugh. That's okay. Oh, that's good. I, 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 love, I love that, how the, you know, just the relationship that the, the, the comfortability with every bit of build joke, you know, we yeah, don't take everything course. too seriously with of each course. other. So, yeah. yeah, I love Bobby. He knows that. Oh, he's a good uh, guy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, it, this is this has been it. And uh, those are our breakouts. Next episode, we will have another great return guest in the form of the man Dynasty Trip. Uh, and we'll be talking about IDP bounce back candidates. Uh, so I hope everyone tunes in for that. And until next time, IDP out.